The following podcast is a presentation of Project Entertainment Network. You're listening to Creeping Wave Radio, a documentation of our decidedly creepy escapades here on Mind. once the mics go off. Whoa, Nelly! That'll wake you up in the morning, huh, Bob? Walter, am I hallucinating or did that mangy old werewolf kid and the lizard lad just appear out of thin air? No, I saw it too. We all did, Esther. (laughs) My, what an entrance. It just makes me tingle all over. Yes, pathetic humans. I, Gabe the Lizard Man, have teleported you out of danger using my superior reptilian technology. I will issue you a moment to bask in my glory and praise me. Yeah, Nap. Go ahead and praise us for saving your... Uh Uh-oh. Wolfman, where's Nap? I don't know. He was right there with us a minute ago and then... Poof! Poof. But how? Wally and I tried to open a portal and we're certified temporal mitigation agents. That's right, Robert. How'd these two clowns manage to pull it off? Apparently, teleportation from... Inside out works, but not from outside in, as I suspected. This is good to know. I sent you idiots in there for one reason, and one reason only. Now, where's Nap? Calm yourself, horned one. Perhaps he was so lost in marveling at my superiority that he let go of my belt. This seems the most rational explanation. But you made contact with him. He's alive? Yeah, Dorcas, he's all right. But I can't say the same for Tom Cruise or Bill Murray. Wait, where did you encounter the illustrious Tom Cruise? And why did he not make himself known to me? Gabe, the lizard man. Never mind that. Describe for me the location of where you made contact. With Tom Cruise? No, you great slithering fool. With Napoleon. It was all white. No furniture except for a table with two chairs. Uh, it kind of sloped out of the floor. They sloop? Yeah, just like... <laughs> what else? Describe for me the slooping room. Not much to describe. Uh, no corners where the walls and floor ended or began. Uh, no windows. Because it's underground, you ninny. Quiet. Go on. What else did you see? There weren't any doors that I saw. Uh, But there must have been something, because this Russian guy came in right before I popped out of there. Yes, no corners, no visible doors. Uh, This sounds like the interrogation chamber. It's kept intentionally sterile to disorient the subject. You said you saw a man come in. A Russian. Yeah, a tall guy. Real fancy suit. Kind of prissy looking. Carrying a teapot or something. <sighs> Sounds like Dr. Kosorotov's routine. Tell me, was there anyone else there? No one left alive. 
There were some bodies on the floor, all shriveled up like mummies, and a broken guitar. Oh, shriveled bodies. Like what was left of our forces after Napoleon's raid. Good. Perhaps this means Napoleon can fend for himself long enough for us to attempt a rescue. You know where this interrogation room is, then? Yes, but you won't be able to find it on the map. It isn't accessible through the main corridors. Timot, you said that you had located Napoleon. I thought I did. I located someone Napoleon-ish. Dad, calm down. In hindsight, we may have set unrealistic expectations for him. He's just a tiny, adorable cat. Yes, so very, very adorable. Please don't hurt me. (laughs) Yes, and in his defense, well, that place is simply crawling with circusism. Performance artists, there's probably a lot of people who could be mistaken for nap down there. Ladies, have your weapons ready. I was born ready. Ain't that right, peepees? My little peepees. Mm, I can't wait to plant some arrows in those carnies. <laughs> and this horn was made for clobbering. You three, step front with me. The rest of you follow close behind. If this place is anything like what I remember, we can't afford to get separated. We're going in.
and have a seat. I'm supposed to just ignore the fact that you took me prisoner? That you brought me here with the sole intention of ripping my brain out of my skull so your pal, literally Hitler, could puppet my body around town? Yes, I'm sure that was very upsetting for you. However, the entire lab is programmed to respond to my voice command. Even you should have sense enough to realize you won't be getting out of here until I determine it to be the appropriate time. And where are Anatole and literally Hitler? Waiting in the wings somewhere to come out and bash in my head once you've lulled me into a false sense of security? That didn't work out so well for those three gentlemen on the floor, now did it? I guess not. And no, my associates are not waiting, like common thugs, to attack you. Though I did deem them as too uncouth to attempt the delicate negotiations I'll be trying with you. Come now, have a seat. Ah, there you are. Here, allow me. I remember, El Grey with lavender was your favorite, but I'm curious to see if you'll take it with honey and lemon in the Slavic tradition. Or if you developed a taste for it with milk during your time in England. Ah, you'll take it neat now. Or is this just an attempt to be contrarian? <laughs> you tell me. You seem to have made a study of my life. 
more so than you realize. In fact, it was the purpose you were born for. But I imagine neither your father, your mother, nor that black-eyed gremlin who follows you around ever told you much about that. Gremlin, it's one of the more charitable things you've called my kind. And after all we did for you... Don't listen to him! Everything that comes out this man's mouth is a lie! Oh, please. Have some dignity. You see them? Yes. Just as clearly as you do. The werewolf did too. Why? Some beings are more sensitive to the ether surrounding them, especially creatures who dole out death as often as we Amarinthians must. But you can't be. I remember the prison camp and all the experiments you put us through. You would do that to your own kind? My kind? Please. I have no allegiance to a people who, by some random turn of fate, share the same misfortune as myself. I do, however, feel obligated to use my knowledge and experience to help cultivate such creatures into something viable. And am I viable now? That remains to be seen. But I have faith that my teachings will prevail. Well, thank you for that vote of confidence. I have confidence in my methods. You are the subject I've devoted the most time towards, from the very orchestration of your birth to this moment right now. In so many ways, I'm more a father to you than your own flesh and blood ever was. Don't you dare say that! You never saw them more than another lab rat! Really? Perhaps you'd like to tell your darling child about our work in Simcaria. Simcaria? A lamentable little nation in the Balkans. Your father and I were colleagues back then. He, an uncultured Latverian, recruited by the Russian Imperial Academy of Sciences for his unique expertise in esoteric fare. You mean like Amaranthians? No, he means people like me. Yes, like your gremlin. What's that silly nursery rhyme name you call it? Marco Sparkle or some nonsense? My name is Marco Eshatter. You said you hated that name. Ah, yes, that's right. Marco's people were the first attempt by transdimensional beings to gain a foothold in this world. The first draft. A failed draft. Abandoned by its creator. Your father's relationship with these creatures was unique. Though I don't remember him quite the way you seem to. Ah, Dmitri, there you are. We were worried you wouldn't show. What's that you're doing? Fixing your hair? <laughs> don't worry. The people we'll be dealing with don't care if you're pretty or not. Might want to put away that mirror, though. They hate that. In due time... Wait! Let go, you little brute! Take your hands off me! You shattered my mirror, you little beast! <laughs> I told you to put it away! Mirrors are portals, and we don't need anyone spying on us tonight. I agreed to meet with you and your associates alone, no witnesses. 
So who is this horrid little imp? Pull down your scarf, show the man your face. My god! What is that monster? No, Malenkaya, don't be cross. He doesn't understand what you are or what he is. We're going to show him. Melenkia? That's what you call this thing? This thing is my adopted child. And they don't have proper names. Uh, their kind has no need for them. Why not? They're all one mind. And they don't speak the way you or I do. They get into your head, show you pictures, move your thoughts around to form sentences. How is this possible? I, I don't know. I don't really question it. This little one became separated from its clan, so now we take care of each other. Isn't that right, Malankaya? How precious. Come on, then. We've got a long hike ahead of us. Your father and his gremlin had located another clan of such creatures in the Simkarian Mountains. They asked for you specifically, Dimitri. They say they've been watching you. Why? I'm only a physician. Nothing mystical. Ah, but that's where you're wrong. What interest could they have in me? It was through them that I came to understand what I was, and how to control the ebb and flow of ether around me. It's why my mind isn't subject to slippage the way yours is. I tried to teach you those techniques. No, you tortured me. Because you were defiant, a trait I wish had died with your father. So much of our early research into what would eventually become the Serpan device began that very evening. I'll never forgive him for the opportunities he robbed us of. What happened? You. Me? I had begun a program searching out other Amorinthians and people with the correct lineage to create more of them. You were running a breeding program? You say that with such disgust. Wouldn't it be a far worse crime to let all that perfect genetic stock go to waste? What? Is it somehow better that a well-bred womb be infected by the seed of a barbarian with a disarming smile? Some worthless lout who spoils her potential for all mankind? Was that how I was born? Your mother deserved better. Oh? Anyone in particular? <laughs> we discovered her in Quebec. Tabernacle. She'd been sent to live in a convent. Her family thought she was possessed. <laughs> They couldn't understand how truly extraordinary she was. She took a on viper shake second. Neither could the nuns who had been charged with saving her soul. They were all too happy to surrender her to me. Scream all you like! I can't understand a word of it. Dimitri, 
You can't just drug her off without any explanation. Um, nous sommes amis. Amis, we? Oui? And your gremlin talk to her then. Maybe she'll pass out at the sight of its face. Oh, he didn't mean it, little one. Have it hypnotize her into being quiet or whatever it does. They can't. Not while she's like this. How dare you hit me? I'll cripple that hand of yours. Yes, that's right. You've never met another like you before, have you? How do you like it then? Is this fun? I can hurt you without ever laying a finger. Dimitri, stop! Stop! Come, come. Juste, we amis. Le man, le man, s'il vous plaît. Maman? Maman? Oui, euh, le man. S'il te plaît, on va faire plus de mal. Malankaya, help her, heal her hand. Oh mon dieu, oh mon dieu. Oh merci, oh merci, Bertie Luton. Over time, she developed a curious attachment to your father and his pet. He became such a distraction to her that it was a constant battle for me to <laughs> engage her in the duties she'd been bought to fulfill. What duties? Don't be tedious. I'm sure even you could surmise that. Oh. It was devastating to discover my efforts had been all for naught. For all her promise, the girl was barren. Your father was ready to simply abandon her. Maybe these experiments have gone too far, Dimitri. And when did you become so righteous? Just let Marielle go. So familiar, Marielle. And who do I release her to? Back to her family? Those nuns? They wouldn't have her. Or perhaps you were hoping I might gift my broken toy to you. I'm not asking you to gift her to me. We've become close. Yes, I've noticed. You've put the entire operation in jeopardy. Just as well. Maybe it would be best if we brought it to an end. Let these people live out the remainder of their lives without... Without... Without what? With, without your observation. Without being reduced to specimens in your lab. Yes. Perhaps it's time we terminate them all. Dimitri, no, no, no. I, I never suggested that. There's no place for such people in this world. I should know. Your lady friend? I've tried to heal her. Tried to help her fulfill her destiny. When mysticism failed, I turned to surgery, but she can't be helped. She was born defective. All of them were, really. Malankaya, I don't think that would be right. What? What does your gremlin suggest since it refuses to speak to me directly? Their kind has more ability to manipulate the physical than, well, than you can. If Marielle could be made to, um... To breed? Yes. If your pet can do that, then I suppose we could spare them. What a generous offer. 
Thank your gremlin for me. And so you became the chimeric creation of three parents, your mother, the gremlin, and you. That's what was supposed to have happened. You could have been the most perfect specimen of your kind, but your mother had other plans. Plans which I didn't discover until the rueful day you were born, and I felt your father's ugliness in your ether. Yeah. I think a lot of people must sense that in me. Despite the sewage your father left in your bloodline, you were an exceptional creation, able to bend ether before you could even speak. Your father had defied me to assure an heir. Your mother wanted a little girl to dress up and have tea parties with. That was your tea, by the way. Not so strong for you, is it? No. Won't you pour me some more? Of course. But neither got their wish. Instead, they had you. The mercurial child who could manipulate the ether and become whatever it is the onlooker wanted to see, or what they feared. Even your father must have understood the potential therein. Is that what's wrong with me? Is that why my whole life everyone instantly hated me? What about your Dorcas, who waited 80-some years for your return? Or her father? Ian? You and he were very close, weren't you? (laughs) He was my commanding officer. And he was married. It wouldn't have been appropriate. (laughs) Yet you still go by the name he gave you. I may be the only man left alive who knows the one you were born with. He... uh, We... It it doesn't mean anything. But it does. You may not remember how to control it yet, but on some instinctual level, you bend the ether to masquerade as whatever it is that will entice those you need and repulse those you don't. So that's it then? Ian, Dorcas, even Margot, they're all just caught up in my ether? I'm afraid so. A sad little heirloom passed down from father to daughter. Though I don't envy those poor girls. After all, you've laid waste to everyone you've ever loved. It's not true. Your mother, your father, your darling Ian Morlock. All dead by your hand. We tried our best to teach you to control it. But... It was more than we could have understood. If your father had truly cared for you, he would have let me help you develop that skill. But instead, he and his broodmare ran off with you and condemned you to become... this repulsive thing I sit across from today. A poor, lost little abomination, leaving death in its wake. All by accident, of course. Yeah, sorry I didn't let him turn you to another science project now. We wanted our children to have the freedom to live their own lives. Not the ones you designed for us. And now, here you are. A pathetic, unwieldy mass of flesh with no hope and no direction. But I can change that. And believe me, Napoleon. I am the only one who can. 
Okay, everybody. So that was episode 23. We are kind of midway in the season right now. Let me know what you think so far. Now this episode, it's kind of a weird one, but I think they're all kind of weird ones. Uh, and this one relates specifically to the story that appears in the Horrorgasm Summer Anthology, Tales of Horrorgasm. So if you want to go to the Horrorgasm website, it will be linked below. And you can go ahead and maybe check that out for yourself. You can hear the story of all these crazy characters that you heard there. And you can heard, uh, hear kind of Napoleon's side of the story a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, so you guys, uh, let me know what you're thinking. Leave a comment down below. Like, subscribe, and spread the word. Because that's how people find out about this kind of stuff. And uh, we work pretty hard. So yeah. Hey. Let's not forget about our great, big, juicy Patreons, The Gramerica Show, Nikki Benfield, and Neil, who make this possible with their generosity. Thanks, guys, and thank you for listening. So, hopefully, we'll catch you next time. Bye! The You Mind is brought to you by LucidNet Productions in cooperation with a scary old man. I'm not that scary. Don't I don't so. try to be, but I just am. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Hello, is anybody out there? Anybody. This is Jim Cobb. If you're hearing this, the worst has happened. I've recorded a podcast at the end of the world and will broadcast it on channel PEN every Friday. It's all about the apocalypse, books, movies, TV, how much food and water will you need your bunker, all that kind of stuff. Excuse me, sir. You're going to have to keep the noise down. You're in a library and you're scaring the kids. The world hasn't ended yet. Sorry, ma'am. Shh, you're in the library at the end of the world with host Jim Cobb. Fridays, exclusively on Project Entertainment Network. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.